Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists at head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Sebastian, on today's podcast, we're going to be covering the remainder of the USPHL Mountain Division playoffs that we have not covered up to this point. But before we do that, just going to quickly touch on the Continental Hockey League as you and I were talking about that previously. And we will say the first round has completed with, again, basically the Red Army beating Spartak in a sweep, the Locomotive beating the Finnish Joker in a sweep, SKA beating Dynamo Minsk 4-1, to Dynamo Moscow beating Severstal 4-1, to the Akbars sweeping the Torpedo, Salavat Yuliev uh, taking out the tractor in five games, Avangard taking out the automobilist in five games, and then the only series that went beyond five, Metallurg took out the Kazakh team, the Bars, in six. So this means that the Red Army will face the Locomotive in the second round, SKA will face Dynamo Moscow in the second round, the Akbars will face Salavat Yuliev, and Avangard will face Metallurg. So pretty excited about how that's going to unfold, and be sure to tune in again on the KHL playoffs. We'll be covering them here, but we're going to move into the USPHL playoffs, and specifically the Mountain Division, as we just kind of wanted to wrap up how things unfolded in the Mountain Division on the late game on Friday night, then the game on Saturday, and ultimately the Western Division Championship game on Sunday. So let's just jump right into this one. Saturday night, late 9 p.m. local time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Pueblo faced Northern Colorado. And in net for Pueblo is Blake Sprow. And in charge, uh, not in charge, in, in the net for Noko was Charles Anthony Barbeau. You know what? He was in charge because goalies are in charge. The uh, the 19-year-old out of St. Remy, Quebec. So first period, just over three minutes into the first. Brian Lochner, the 20-year-old from Windsor, Colorado, buries a rebound. It's one to nothing. Noko. Yeah, and that's just, uh, you know, they left a man open out front, and he was just able to to bury his own rebound and make it one nothing. It was a great goal, and then Barbro and Sproul putting on a showcase early. I'm telling you what, for anyone that has My Hockey TV, go to this game, go to the 55-minute, 30-second mark, and just watch for a solid two and a half minutes. These kids were on fire. Barbro and Sproul were literally putting on a goaltending clinic. I mean, back-to-back, brilliant saves on both ends. Dude, as a goalie, I was floored with the way these kids were playing. Yeah, like you said, it was just, you know, they, they knew it was on the line. It's a it's a tournament style playoff, and uh, you know, every win counts. You can't you can't afford to lose one. Yeah, absolutely. And then with uh, just under three minutes remaining, the puck comes out uh, from behind the net, and uh, Braden Freifogel, the 17 year old from Sarnia, Ontario, puts the pass brow, and it's two nothing Noko. Yeah, and uh, you know this is just uh, like you said, it's just another one of those ones where the puck's just sitting out front, and uh, no one's really clearing the net, and uh, you know puck ends up in the back of your back of your net. Yeah, and that actually ends the first period with uh, Noko up two nothing. Then just a minute and a half into the second, Samson steals the puck and breaks into the zone and finds Fryfogel with a trailing pass across the slot, and Fryfogel gets his second of the game. It's three nothing, the Eagles. Yeah, and you know going down three nothing again, you know you feel the stress of that that round robin, and it's just kind of uh, you know you gotta you gotta hope that they bounce back. Then just over six minutes into the second, Pueblo finally finds it back the net. I guess I'll call this a wandering puck. 
<laughs> finds Rocco Testabasi, the 19-year-old from Ottawa, Ontario, and he bowls his bowls within two. It is now three to one. Yeah, like you said, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a strange one, but, uh, you know, you got to put pucks on that to score. You do. And then just a few minutes later, Pueblo is uh, cycling and Candada winds up from the blue line. And Michael Power, the 20-year-old out of London, England, finds the rebound and Pueblo is within one. It's three to two. And, you know, uh, what I would say to him is top to the morning to you because that was a beauty shot. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, less than a minute later. Northern Colorado is now buzzing, and Sproul makes a couple beautiful saves. But um, what I will call a questionable goal, McFarland slaps the puck into the net to put Noko back up by two. It is now four to two. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's a questionable one, but you know, at the end of the day, it ends up in the back of the net, and uh, a goal is a goal. That it is. Less than two minutes remaining in the second, and Pueblo is putting on the pressure, and once again, if you're not sick of hearing this name, <laughs> you should be. Rocco Testabasi finds the back of the net and pulls his bulls back within one. It's four to three, Noko. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like Rocky. You know, Rock, Rocco and Rocky, he's never quitting. Yeah, you, you can't quit on this kid because he's not quitting on his team in the season. So that ends the second with Noko up four to three on Pueblo. Lots of opportunities in the third, but truthfully, not a lot of goals. And with less than three minutes remaining in the third, Pueblo's Power finds, guess who, Testabasi in the low slot getting the Hattie and a critical goal. The game is tied. Yeah, and this is a huge goal. I mean, uh, you know, that you've got all the momentum swinging your way. The kid's on fire. He's got three goals. So, uh, I mean, you got to feel good if you're him. Absolutely. And that actually pushes the game into overtime. And this isn't the regular season. They don't go to three on three and then a shootout. This is like the NHL style. It's they get a full intermission and they get five on five. This is regular hockey. So we enter the fourth period. St. Ange finds a 20-year-old from Toronto, Ontario, Cole Tucker, who becomes the overtime hero and forces a three-way tie for first place. Ultimately, Utah's getting the first overall seed and gets the rest on Saturday. So guess what? These teams are facing on Saturday. Yeah, you know, this is a huge goal, and that's fire to the next matchup. Brow stopped 36-40, and Barbo stopped 39-44. Again, these, these goaltenders put on a clinic. It was really fun to watch as a goalie. So we move into Saturday's game, and guess who? We're same two teams. It's Pueblo and Northern Colorado. So the goalies in this game will be for the Northern Colorado Eagles, Allard Grussell, the 18-year-old out of Montreal Blanc, Quebec. In net for Pueblo is Doug Wakeland, the 20-year-old out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. So right into the first, around halfway through the first period, Noko breaks into the zone, and the puck finds its way into the net off the stick of Nolan Sargent, the 19-year-old from Littleton, Colorado, and it's one nothing Noko. Yeah, and you tell things are a little tense, right? It takes about half a period to get that first goal, and you know, no one wants a mistake, so you know, a big first goal for them. And then just under two minutes remaining in the first, a beautiful pass is capitalized by Rocco Testabasi for his fifth of the tournament, and this game's tied at one. I mean, if you're on the ice against Rocco at this point, you basically just want to pin him against the boards and not let him go anywhere. Yeah, because obviously the kid's on fire. And that ends it for the first, tied at one, and we move into the second. There's a couple weird no-goal incidents in this early second. I won't even really – it's hard to define, but I'm definitely agreeing with the one where the ref lost sight of the puck and it was poked out from under Rousseau's pad. Definitely a no-goal. But the other one with within the net – I do get, but again, I disagree with that maybe being a no goal, but I'm just going to bypass those. And just before halfway through the second, Pueblo's maintaining pressure. And Wide Andres, the 20-year-old from Bernard, Minnesota, puts his bulls back up by one. It's two to one. 
yeah, I mean, you know, as a 20 year old, this is this is potentially your last chance at the dance here. So to have, you know, to, to bury a goal, I'm sure feel great for him and feels great for the boys. I mean, the game got really chippy after that, and that takes us into the third with Pueblo up two to one. Uh, with almost five minutes gone in the third, the 19 year old from Quebec City, Benjamin St. Ange, redirects a pass over Russell, and the Bulls are now up three to one. Yeah, and you can tell this is a huge goal for the Bulls, right? You want to make sure you're, you're getting some insurance, and uh, that's exactly what they did. And then with uh, just over three minutes remaining in the game, uh, th- I don't know who this kid is, but Rocco Testabasi <laughs> gets his sixth of this tournament, and it's 4-1 to one Pueblo. Someone better get the fire extinguisher because this kid's hands are on fire. I mean, this guy cannot do any wrong right now. No, seriously, like the kid's on fire right now. If, if you're Pueblo, man, you're putting him on the ice a lot. So this forces Noko to pull the goalie. Less than a minute later, Lochner skates in and puts one past Wakeland. Noko within two with just over two minutes remaining. It's four to two. Yeah, and I mean, the, all, this goal is just hope. I mean, you, you want to score a late one and try to get back in the game. They really need this one, so it's, uh, it's a big goal. Yeah, and then with just 40 seconds remaining, White Andrews puts the dagger in the Eagles' season. With an empty netter, Pueblo's up five to two. Yeah, and you know you take that risk when you pull a goalie, and it, it, no matter what, if the goalie's in or goalie's not, when you get that goal scored against you, and you kind of know that's it for the season, that really sucks. Yeah, and so the Mountain Division Championship is the Pueblo Bulls versus the Utah Outliers, the third and fourth seeds in the Mountain Division. So Provo was on fire, but they didn't make the championship tournament here. And then you had Northern Colorado and Ogden, one and two, get eliminated. Here you go, three and four. It talks about this Mountain Division and just how close these teams are. And it just goes to show, I mean... Yeah, you play a regular season. Obviously, you finish with a ranking. That's what you're there for. But when it comes to playoff time, it's all about who performs. There's just no, there's no 82 games or 100 games or 60 games, wherever your season is. It, it, it comes down to, especially in this style, it really comes down to two games. You got to put it together and you got to finish hard for two games. And you know, unfortunately, well, fortunately for some teams, but unfortunately for us, as you know, as Mustangs fans, they weren't able to do that. But hey, I mean, at the end of the day, there was some, like you said, tough competition. Yeah, there was extremely tough competition, and they'll be facing off on Sunday, which we're about to cover right now, as Pueblo faces the Utah Outliers. So in net for Utah was no surprise here. Kyle Cosma, the 20-year-old out of Vaughan, Ontario, and in Pueblo, once again, goes with Doug Wakeland. First period, less than a minute into the contest, St. Ange buries one, and it's already one nothing Pueblo. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's exactly how you draw it up as a coach, right? Fast start, and that's exactly what they did. And they rode that well into the second period because we're almost halfway through the second period when Utah is circling. And a 20-year-old Russian, Nikita Adrosenko, puts a knuckler past Wakeland. We're tied at one. Yeah, and you know, like we always say pucks on net gets you paid. Doesn't look, doesn't matter how it looks. You just got to get the, the puck in the back of the net. That was that was the shot. Like, put it on the net. You're down one nothing. One goal can tie this thing up, and Edrisenko buries it. Uh, and honestly, just seconds later, a beautiful cross ice pass to the 19 year old from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Zach Patrick, and he buries it. It's suddenly two to one Utah. Yeah, I mean, and if you're Pueblo, obviously you started that. You know, you started early. And you're you're probably getting a little nervous here, but like you said, beauty pass and just finds the back of the net. Yeah, and we move into the third period. It's all on the line right here. The winner goes to the national championships on an excellent individual effort. A couple minutes later, Alex Charn, the 19-year-old out of Moscow, Russia, just breaks into the zone. Like, he skates into the zone alone. He's surrounded by bowls, and he just skates around everyone and buries one, and suddenly Utah's up 3-1. to one. 
yeah, you know, and sometimes in the playoffs, players just want a little more, and, you know, he really wanted it. Yeah, and then a few minutes later, Pueblo breaks in on a pretty unassuming two-on-one, but uh, Rocco Testabasi, with his seventh of the tournament, pulls his team within one. It's 3-2 to two Utah. I mean, the the fact that he's got seven goals in the tournament, that's insane. Uh, good for this kid, and, uh, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're playing defense, you got to know where he is at all times at this point. Yeah, absolutely, because you don't want this one tied up. But just over a minute later on the power play, Utah with a beautifully executed uh, passing play. And Luke Volkman, a 20-year-old out of Hurton, Germany, makes it 4-2 to Utah. Yeah, and this just goes to show, you know, in a game like this, you really got to stay out of the box. I mean, you got to do everything. And I know it's hard sometimes, you know, you're you're battling for a puck, whatever. But, you know, the, the team that stays out of the box usually ends up winning the game. Yeah, and then in this situation, Pueblo had a pulled goalie with just over two minutes left in the game. And what was just really a clear by Patrick, where he just bounced it off the boards, ends up in, in the net, and Utah's up 5-2. to two. This This game's pretty much over. Yeah, and like you said, especially a shot not shot at the net ends up in the back of your net. It's kind of one of those ones where you just kind of see the writing on the wall. Your season's over, and you know, it really does suck, and I feel for those guys. Yeah, and I will say that with just about 61 seconds remaining, the 21-year-old from Edmond, uh, Oklahoma, Brigham Newhold, actually buries another one for Pueblo, but it's just too little too late. Five to three is what it ends at. So there it is, the Utah Outliers, the fourth seed entering the Mountain Division playoffs. The team that fought Provo super hard for the last couple weeks of the season ends up fourth seed and ends up eliminating the rest of its competition and it's off to the national championships. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's it usually ends up that way, right? It's not the team that, you know, we do if we can want to kind of relate this to the NHL just for example, right? Look at the the Tampa Bay Lightning. They they were finishing top of their league all, or top of the league all the time. Um, and it was never really them that ended up getting to the dance, right? It was always the team that was fighting tooth and nail to make it. Because you're playing as a team going in there and knowing that you're you're locked in for the playoffs. You're not really playing playoff hockey that last month of the season. Well, for for uh, Utah, they're playing playoff hockey, you know, for almost a month and a half before they got into this. So, you know, they they were locked in, and, and usually that's how it goes. It's the team who really buckles down. Yeah, and honestly, we're going to break right into a uh, USPHL playoff preview for anyone that's listening. The USPHL National Championships start Thursday, March 18th, the day after St. Patrick's Day. So if you don't have my hockey TV, I'm highly suggesting right now that you get it and you enjoy these playoffs because this is amazing hockey. And so we're going to start right off with the Mountain Division because only one team's allowed to advance out of the Mountain Division. And again, that's the uh, Utah Outliers, probably the biggest rival to our Ogden Mustangs. But uh, as written here on the USPHL's website, I will be quoting this because this isn't my own words. This is the article by Jim Den Hollander of the USPHL.com. This is entitled The USPHL Premier 2021 National Championships Field is Set. And what he says about the Mountain Division is that this division also had just one champion advancing out of the tournament event, but it was a much much of an endurance contest as it was a test of skills and abilities. Teams drew a sigh of relief heading into the event as the division's best teams down the stretch, the Provo Riverblades, failed to qualify for the championship tournament. Everyone recognized that Provo was not the team you wanted to face entering 
this division. They did not have a strong beginning to the season and they were kind of a pushover, but man, did this team come back to be the scariest team probably in the mountain division as the season grew, uh, the season grew on parity between clearly the outliers, Eagles and bulls as they all went two to one, uh, Ogden again, failing to win any of the games in the, the championship tournament round at the end of the day, the outliers, man, punched their ticket to Virginia. So congratulations, Utah. Yeah. And you know, it, for me, I think they're going to be going in there. They're, they're on fire. I mean, they've been playing playoff hockey for a month and a half, like we talked about. So, you know, I'm excited to see, uh, I'm excited to see the, the entire the entire national championship, but I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, and I'm excited to see also out of the Pacific Division, the one team that advanced out of the Pacific was the Fresno Monsters. Again, they, they fought really hard. I believe it's the Southern Oregon Spartans that weren't even able to compete this season, so the Pacific Division went down to four teams. They get a berth into the Nationals with a 6-2 win over the San Diego Sabres, so off they go. Fresno's advancing onto the national championships out of the Pacific when we look at the Great Lakes Division season, the Metro Jets and the Toledo Cherokee earned first round by in advance in the national championships in their only playoff round. So it's going to be the Metro Jets and the, the Toledo Cherokee advancing out of the Great Lakes Division. The Midwest Division will show the Minnesota Blue Ox and the Minnesota Moose moving on to the national championships with their season. The Midwest East Division uh, was the MJDP the lone first round by going to them some of the Chicago Cougars also advancing out of the Midwest East division out of new England. You had the Islanders hockey club, a team we've covered on this podcast advancing along with the Northern cyclones in the mid Atlantic division, the Elmira enforcers and the New York aviators get to advance to Virginia. The Florida division sees the Florida eels and the Charleston colonials advancing and the Southeast Division, no surprise here, the Charlotte Rush advancing as they've been one of the best teams in the USPHL and the Carolina Junior Hurricanes. So all these teams will be facing off in Chesapeake, Virginia, starting Thursday morning. Uh, for anyone listening, this is going to be like eight games a day between these teams as they will do it on, I believe, Thursday, Friday and Saturday as they do their little mini round robins, advancing the teams onto the games on Sunday, where the four teams that come out of each division will face off against each other. And then on Monday, you will see the USPHL Premier National Championships at, I believe, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time to determine the championship of the USPHL premiere. Now, at the same time this is happening, the USPHL elite championships are happening. So if you're into it, there's going to be an additional four games per day as these eight teams face off, and they will actually have their elite national championship, I believe, at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So the USPHL has a lot of hockey upcoming Thursday through Monday. Really excited. I will be glued to my TV as I can't go anywhere else for the next 14 days. So <laughs> I am very happy that there's going to be a lot of hockey on for a few days. Yeah. And like you said, there's going to be a ton of hockey. So, uh, you know, with you know, the COVID season and if anyone's missing hockey, like you said, sign up for my hockey TV uh, and, you know, take it all in. Yeah. We're very excited to uh, see how this all unfolds and you will hear about it here on pigeonhole hockey as we will be covering the USPHL premier national championships and definitely uh, chime in. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you're watching the games. We'd love to hear from you. 
But uh, that's a great place for us to wrap up this uh, USPHL Premier Mountain Division uh, wrap up as well as the USPHL Premier Division National Championship preview. So we want to thank you. This is Chris and Sebastian. Have a great day. And we'll catch you next time.